Jacqueline and I'm Sahda. Welcome, Welcome back, back to another episode of Bcast, a podcast of Bindu School Bekasi Student Council where you can rest, relax, and, and enjoy with the best content, content that you'll ever have. So today, we are going to tell you about a story entitled Pounding in my throat, I pulled the fire alarm. Its blasting siren filled my ears almost as quickly as terror washed over me. With tremulous breath and body, I slipped into the chaotic crowd of students and teachers that were hurrying towards the exits. My brain swam, and I hardly recognized the hands that patted me on the back as I walked. Way to go, Ben! The owners of those hands said. I didn't do it for you, I breathed shakily. I didn't do it for you. A teacher caught my eye, and I quickly joked deeper into the mow. Finally, I reached the concrete wall where we would line up and peered around me. There were no adults inside. Just as foreboding, another cluster of beaming, troublemaking boys started towards me and I had to dive behind a redwood tree to escape. A choking sensation spread through me, and I breathed heavily in and out, in and out, in and out. Amongst the commotion, I had forgotten to breathe. I pushed my glasses up, my sweating nose, and pulled off my soaked sweater fast. My tiny middle school body was not made for stunts like this. Ben, what are you doing over here? I started to hear her voice and dropped the glasses I was cleaning off. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Fally, it's, it's just that it's so crazy out there. Are you okay, Ben? I felt guilty at hearing nary an ounce of skepticism in her face, only concern and kindness. Ugh, I'm claustrophobic, I breathed. That's okay, Ben, but you know you need to stay where I can see you. Yes, Mrs. Valley. I got up, just clinging to my trembling form. I tried to look less guilty, but it was no use. Mrs. Valley said some comforting things, but it sounded like I was underwater. The boys were still grinning and the girls looked annoyed. The hook-nosed teacher that had even seen me was still staring at me. He whispered something to another teacher and I hid behind Mrs. Valley. She was always kind to me and I was glad it was her who found me. Mrs. Valley gestured for me to fall into a line. You really did it, didn't you? A girl said, Mary. That's what they're saying? She knowed it. Did you? She saw my worried face. I won't tell. Mary was sharp, but in a different way than me. Her blonde hair and rosy cheeks spoke to the cheerleader she was. Despite the tweety blonde stereotype, her street smarts were far above mine. I respected that. I wanted to trust her. Despite that, I couldn't make my lips move to confess. Mary seemed to understand. You do it for her. Yes. Good for you. She skipped away towards a gaggle of peppy girls. Somehow I knew that my secret was safe. Sadly, I couldn't say the same for those boys. My only hope was that they lived by some kind of bro code or something. I hardly qualified as a bro though. It seemed that we were out there for days, one hour for each pounding heartbeat. I thought it would get better once we were all called inside and the chaos was over. I was wrong. At 11.30am, we filled back into our lines and marched into the school like an army of shroom troopers. The teachers walked up and down the lines, calling out names for roll call. When Mrs. Valley was about to get mine, I practically froze, waiting to hear if her tone had changed. It didn't. I wished the hook-nosed teacher would tell her it was me, and she would yell at me. 
I wished Mrs. Value would lecture me on how she hated me. Anything would be better than the under-deserved trust she had with me. I didn't deserve it. Hey, if it isn't our little rule breaker, a football player yelled, ruffling my hair. We were in the cafeteria now, and there was still no sign of Emma. Props for going through with that dear. John over here bet $20 you didn't have the guts to do it. Boy, was he wrong? I didn't turn to look at them. Well, a deal is a deal. Here you go, Benny. The boys had overheard my conversation with Emma this morning and dared me to pull the alarm. That was where I got the idea in the first place. He thrust a $20 bill into my hand and patted me so hard on the back it made me squish my sandwich between my chest and the table. Oops, I didn't want you money, I said, trying to steady my voice. You're a weirdo, Benny. I was glad to see them leave, but not so happy to feel the jelly and peanut butter dripping down my fist. I asked Mrs. Value permission to go wash it off in the bathroom. She wanted me to tell her which boys had done it, but I wouldn't snitch to her. I thought that maybe it would reset my karma or something. I forgot what Mary called it. Guilt still turned into my stomach and I was glad to see the, that the hook-nosed t-shirt wasn't there. Otherwise, I think I would have thrown up all over his black suit. None of the other students seemed to have minded the impromptu fire drill. They just kept smiling and laughing away. The only thing to disprove my hopeful theory that I didn't actually break one of the biggest rules in the school was the sound of a girl crying in the restroom. She must have been standing pretty close to the floor since I could hear her as I walked past. I knocked on the door. Everything okay in there? Yes. The voice responded. I wouldn't have dared enter the girl's bathroom if I hadn't recognized the voice. Emma, I'm coming in. She seemed to be alone. Her long brown hair fell perfectly around her shoulders. Her big chestnut eyes shone brightly with tears. A wave of serene calm fell over me. Ben, those beautiful eyes turned towards me. Did you get it? I asked. She nodded. I can't believe you did that. She breathed. Neither can I, but you would have gotten in serious trouble if they found out that note. I know. I just, I just want you to know that I'm so grateful. I just... Emma didn't get to finish her sentence. Frankly, I wasn't sorry. That was the first hug I had ever gotten from a girl. Emma's friends had written this horrible letter and signed Emma's name at the bottom. They hid the note on one of her teacher's desk. Emma wouldn't tell me exactly what was in it, but she was hyperventilating at that time, so it must have been pretty awful. I guess the other girls were mad she hadn't shown up to something or other. When I saw how scared she was that teacher wouldn't find it, I, I, I didn't know what else to do, so I pulled the alarm. You didn't have to do that, you know, Emma said when we broke apart. No, but I did it for you. He smiled a big smile. Suddenly, it felt worth it. This is sweet. Mary jested from the doorway. <sighs> you got the paper, Em? Yep. Give it here. I'll flush it down the toilet. She did. All's well, it ends well, I guess, Mary said to the teacher. He knows I did it. The one that looks like a malting sever snape? I nodded. I took care of it. What did you do? Emma externally. Nothing, sheesh, I just eavesdropped on his convo with Mrs. Valley. 
I froze. Don't worry, Ben. He thinks it was me. Only reason he kept staring at you was that he just naturally hates you. Don't look at me like that, Em. He can't prove anything against me and Ben still getting an A in his class. You're crazy, Mary, Emma said. It's not crazy if it works. End of story. Now, let's listen to the week's recap brought by Jacqueline and I in the next studio. The first news is health news. World Health Organization approves first malaria vaccine. The world now has a new powerful tool in the fight against malaria. The World Health Organization WHO, recommended the widespread use of the malaria vaccine RTS or AS01 for children in sub-Saharan Africa and in other regions with moderate to high spread of the disease from Plasmodium falciparum, the most deadly of malaria parasites. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention CDC, said the occasion was historic. Malaria vaccines have been in development since the 1960s. The long-awaited malaria vaccine for children is a breakthrough for science, child health, and malaria control, said the WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, PhD in a statement. Using this vaccine on top of existing tools to prevent malaria could save tens of thousands of young lives each year. Malaria continues to be the main cause of childhood illness and death in sub-Saharan Africa. More than 260,000 African children under age 5 die from the disease annually. Plasmodium falciparum is the most life-threatening of the five different types of malaria parasites. Stanford Healthcare says that a patient with severe falciparum malaria may develop liver and kidney failure, convulsions, and coma. The recommendation offers a glimmer of hope for the continent which shoulders the heaviest burden of the disease, and we expect many more African children to be protected from malaria and grow into healthy adults, said Matsidiso Moeti, MBBS, the WHO Regional Director for Africa in a press release. The WHO gave its approval last week on the basis of results from ongoing pilot programs in Ghana, Kenya, and Malawi that have reached more than 800,000 children since 2019. The health, the health organization cited a 30% reduction in deadly severe malaria, even when the vaccine was introduced in areas where insecticide-treated nets are widely used and access to diagnose and treatment is good. The journal Nature called the efficacy of the vaccine modest in that it prevented just 3 out of 10 severe malaria cases after a series of 4 injections in children younger than 5. Still, even at 30% effectiveness, some modeling suggests that it could save the lives of tens of thousands of children. The new vaccine is imperfect in that it provides partial protection and takes considerable organization to administer because it requires four injections in young children, says William Schaffner, MD, an infectious disease specialist and a professor of preventive medicine and health policy at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine in Nashville. That is why large field studies in Africa were undertaken. They showed that the vaccine was acceptable to parents and children, and that malaria was notably reduced. A success! 
Dr. Schiffner says the next step is to establish even larger, scaled-up programs called Moscurix. The vaccine produced by GlaxoSmithKline Biologicals has been in development since the mid-1980s. The CDC notes that several challenges had to be overcome to reach this point, including the lack of a traditional market, few developers, and the technical complexity. Sorry, few developer few developers and the technical complexity of developing any vaccine against a parasite. Malaria parasites have a complex life cycle, and there is poor understanding of the complex immune response to malaria infection, writes the Federal Health Agency. Malaria parasites are also genetically complex, producing thousands of potential antigens in the body. GlaxoSmithKline has committed to donate up to 10 million malaria vaccine doses for use in the pilots and to supply up to 15 million doses annually, following a recommendation and funding for wider use. The company has to committed to make the 15 million annual doses available at no more than 5% above the cost of production. At this first vaccine is deployed, scientists continue to lab work to create an even better malaria vaccine, says Schaffner. In the meantime, this new vaccine should be used to prevent as much life-threatening malaria infection as possible. The next news will be brought by Jacqueline. Thank you, Sahda. The next news will be from the Entertainment News. Zin Malik files no contest plea to harassment charges. Zayn Malik has filed a no-contest plea to four counts of harassment after an argument between him and model Gigi Hadid's mom, Yolanda Hadid. According to Pennsylvania, says that the singer pleaded guilty to all four counts. Zayn says rather than plead guilty, he agreed to not contest the charges. In response to an allegation he doesn't appear to have been formally charged with, Zayn denied hitting Yolanda. Zayn and Gigi began dating in 2015 and their daughter Kai was born last year. U.S. showbiz website TMS report says they are not longer together. A no-contest plea means Zayn, 28, won't fight the harassment charges in court. He's been sentenced as if it's convicted, but he since he's not making an admission of guilt, the plea can't be used to get a conviction in any other case. The singer has been placed on a 90 days probation for each count for a total of 360 days. He must also compete in anger management class and a domestic violence program, as well as having no contact with Yolanda or a security guard who was present during the incident on the 29 September. Current records obtained by the PA News Agency alleged Zane swore at Yolanda and told her to stay away from Kai. He is also alleged to have grabbed and shoved Yolanda into a dresser, causing mental anguish and physical pain. The singer from Bradford said the assault claims were false allegations. In a statement on Twitter, the former One Direction singer said, As you all know, I am a private person and I very much want to create a safe and private place for my daughter to grow up in. A place where private family matters are thrown onto the world stage for all to poke and pick apart. In an effort to protect that space for her, I agreed not to contest claims arising from an argument I had with a family member of my partner's who entered our home while my partner was away. In an effort to protect that space for her, I agreed to not contest claims arising from an argument I had with a family member of my partner's who entered our home while my partner was away several weeks ago. A representative for Gigi said, Gigi solely focused on the best for Kai. She asked for privacy during this time. Newspeed has contacted Zayn and Yolanda for comments too but they haven't yet responded. Sahda will be bringing the next news. Thank you, Jacqueline. The next news is world news. North Korea food crisis. Leader Kim Jong-un asks people to eat less until 2025. 
North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has asked the people of his country to eat last until 2025 in a bid to combat the food crisis. Food prices are soaring in North Korea due to a lack of supply, which is unable to meet the demand of people living in the country, blaming a series of deviations for singling out tight foods. Outside food supplies, Kim said, the people food the people's food situation is now getting tense as the agriculture sector failed to fulfill its grain production plan. The food shortage in North Korea has been exacerbated by the sanctions, the coronavirus pandemic, and last year's typhoons. Kim had mobilized the military to carry out relief work in areas recently hit by heavy rains. A source told Radio Free Asia RFV that two weeks ago, they told the Neighborhood Watch unit meeting that our food emergency will continue until 2025. Authorities emphasized that the possibility of reopening customs between North Korea and China before 2025 was very slim. The ruling Workers' Party, Central Military Commission held a meeting in the eastern province of South Hambyong to discuss the perilous situation. The meeting came amid concerns over a crisis in a reclusive economy that has already been dogged by international sanctions aimed at curbing its nuclear and weapon programs. In April, Kim had urged ruling party to officials to wage another arduous march of work and sacrifice, linking the current economic crisis to a period in the 1990s of famine and disaster. Arduous march was a term adopted by officially to rally citizens during a famine that killed as many as 3 million North Koreans after the fall of the Soviet Union, which had been a major baker of Pyongyang's communist founders. The period is often talked about as a historic event, but Kim's apparent comparison to current problem came after he said the country faces the worst ever situation. The next news will be brought by Jacqueline. The next is economy news. Become a carbon neutral service in 2030, Gojek drivers will use electric vehicles. But after the first pilot project for electricity motorcycles and cars was completed, this time Gojek expanded its plan to use electric vehicles through commercial trials. In this case, Gojek collaborated with Pertamina to implement a battery swap scheme on electric motorcycles made by Indonesian children, Gesit and Gogoro. Later, Gojek will use 500 units of electric motorcycles, then will further increase the scale of the trial with an initial target of utilizing up to 5,000 units of electric motorcycles and the distance of using electric vehicles as 1 million kilometers. The commercial trial of electric vehicles manifestation of achieving the carbon neutral target through the transition to electric vehicles in the Gojek ecosystem by 2030, said Gojek co-founder and CEO. Kevin Alloy at the Gojek 11th anniversary press conference, Wednesday, October 27. Kevin understands that the importance of building an environmental-friendly ecosystem to prevent climate change. We will continue to look for technological solutions supporting infrastructure to ensure the transition to electric vehicles can take place quickly while providing a more environmentally friendly driving experience, added Kevin. Furthermore, in this cooperation, Pratamina will act to provide charging stations available at each gas station in the future. Gojek's chief transport officer, Kaliditi Wibowo, also explained that to minimize impossible conditions, Gojek will also use a cabinet containing batteries for the electric motor. There will be at every Pertamina gas station later. To reduce conditions that are not possible, we try to use a cabinet filled with batteries. Later, cooperation with Pertamina will also be faster than filling up with gasoline. There are special services in the pilot area, especially in South Jakarta first, explained Raditya. The man who is familiarly called Dito emphasized that the electric motorbikes used by the driver partners were not given free of charge, but Gojek implemented a daily rental scheme. 
Unfortunately, Dudo did not explain further how much the driver partners had to pay to use this vehicle. This daily rental will replace the cost of gasoline which is replaced with electricity, said Dito. Meanwhile, in this trial phase, Gojek said Dito will see how the driver partners experience using the electric motorbike, starting from how are they on the road, their condition when carrying passengers, and our other services. We are waiting for the motorbike to arrive at least a while again, said Dito. In this commercial trial, Gojakiris can choose electric vehicle services when using GoRide, GoFood, GoSend Instant, GoShop, and GoMart services with pickup and drop-off areas in South Jakarta. The English, Chinese, Japanese, Arabic, French, and Spanish versions are automatically generated by the system, so there may still be inaccuracies in translating. Please always see Indonesian as their main language. System supported by DigitalCyber.id Sahda, do you want to continue to the next news? Yes, Jack. So, the next news will be the last news. The last news is the technology news. Facebook changes the company name to Meta. Facebook on Thursday announced that it has changed its company name to Meta. The name change was announced at the Facebook Connect Augmented and Virtual Reality Conference. The new name reflects the company's growing ambitions beyond social media. Facebook, now known as Meta, has adopted the new moniker, based on the sci-fi term metaverse, to describe its vision for working and playing in a virtual world. Today, we are seen as a social media company. With our DNA, we are a company that builds technology to connect people. And the Metaverse is the next frontier, just like social networking was when we got started, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg said. The company also said in announcing the new name that it will change its stock ticker from FB to MVRS effective December 1. In July, the company announced the formation of a team that would work on the Metaverse. Two months later, the company said it would elevate Andrew Bosworth, who is currently the head of the company's hardware division, to the role of Chief Technology Officer in 2022. And in its third quarter earning results on Monday, the company announced that it will break out Reality Labs, its hardware division, into its own reporting segment, starting in the fourth quarter. Our hope is that within the next decade, the metaverse will reach a billion people whose hundreds of billions of dollars of digital commerce and support jobs for millions of creators and developers, Zuckerberg wrote in a letter on Thursday. Over the past few years, the company has ramped up its efforts in hardware, introducing a line of portal video calling devices, launching the Ray-Ban stories, glasses, and rolling out various versions of the Oculus virtual reality headsets. The company has indicated that augmented and virtual reality will be a key part of its strategy in the coming years. Zuckerberg on Thursday provided a demonstration of the company's ambitions for the Metaverse. The demo was a Pixar-like animation of software the company hopes to build someday. The demo included users hanging out in space as curtain-like versions of themselves or fantastical characters like a robot that represents their virtual selves. Zuckerberg used part of it to accuse other tech firms of stifling innovation with high developer fees. Zuckerberg said a lot of this is a long way off, with elements of the metaverse potentially becoming mainstream in 5 to 10 years. The company expects to invest many billions of dollars for years to come before the metaverse reaches scale, Zuckerberg added. We believe the metaverse will become the successor to the mobile internet, Zuckerberg said. 
Additionally, Meta announced a new virtual reality headset named Project Cambria. The device will be a high-end product available at a higher price point than the $299 Quest 2 headset, the company said in a blog post. Project Cambria will be released next year, Zuckerberg said. Meta also announced the code name of its fully AR-capable smart glasses, Project Nazar. The glasses are still a few years out, the company said in a blog post. Zuckerberg said, we still have a ways to go with Nazar, but we're making good progress. The rebranding comes amid a barrage of news reports over the past month after Francis Hagen, a former employee turned whistleblower, released a trove of released a trove of internal company documents to news outlets, lawmakers, and regulators. The reports show that the company is aware of many of the harm its app and surface discuss, but either doesn't rectify the issues or struggle to address them. More documents are expected to be shared daily over the coming weeks. In a call with analysts on Monday, Zucker Zuckerberg vehemently reviewed the claims and critics in the report stemming from the documents provided by Hagen. That's all for this news recap. Next, we will be telling you guys about the tips and tricks on how to survive stage fright. Have you ever experienced stage fright? Yes, of course. I think like as a person who's, you know, pretty much, uh, maybe you also, yeah, Sada, um, who was pretty much exposed to the stage and to the public, it's it's really common for us to experience stage fright on a daily basis, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I've experienced stage fright too, Jack. Like, I feel dizzy, my knees become yes. weak, and my stomach hurts. I know, right? Like, it's like always like, two I think minutes it's a common feeling. The, the, the performance, and then we'll just get so anxious and dizzy and feeling like want to throw up. Do you feel the same way, Sahda? Yes, uh, but I think um, after we feel dizzy and also feel our stomach hurts, we have to overcome the challenges and we have to perform well. Uh, I think it's a common feeling that we feel before before we perform or do a presentation. Uh, so Jack, do you have any tips to survive stage fright? Yes, of course. I think that everyone has different tips and tricks how they can survive stage fright. I mean, like it really depends on the the type of person you are. But for me personally, I usually imagine the stage as no one's. I usually imagine as there's no one's in the uh, audience. You know what I mean? Like we just imagine them as uh, invisible people. So it's like we're talking to ourselves. Do you feel do you do it the same way usually, Sada? Yes, and I think uh, uh, your tips is very interesting because sometimes when I'm when I feel very anxious uh, uh, before my performance, I I I follow one of my parents' suggestion to imagine all the audience as a monkey. <laughs> and uh, funny thing is, it's work, and I guess um, it helps us uh, to overcome our challenges and do perform well. Okay, so uh, I think uh, the second tip uh, to overcome the stage fright is to breathe mindfully. Like, oxygen is really like magic, right Jack? Yes, we need I, it to live. I totally agree that 
not only we should you know try to put our mindset in place which is to you know think as if the audience are invisible people or monkeys which is actually really funny um we also need to you know focus on our breathing and uh you know our vocals right so we need to speak as clear as possible so that you know the more the more convenient we speak usually we get more confident over time especially if we speak more you know more more clearer we're going to be more confident over time right and i think the next tip for me as well as going to be uh, our last tip for today's episode is to always 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 know what are you talking about because uh you should always know the structure for example if you're doing a speech you should know which one is the opening, which one is the content, and which one is the closing. Even though later in the performance, you're going to do improvisation, right? Usually, we kind of like just forget about the the whole script and just remember the outlines. Yes. But definitely always know what you're talking and remember the structural outlines because it's going to take you in place. And the more you're familiar with it, the more you're familiar with the content, you're usually more confident because you know what you're going to talk next after the previous line. So always know what you're talking. So please, 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 before the performance, study on your the and any performance you're going to bring. Even though, for example, it's a musical performance, then we should study the, uh, for example, the piano or the guitar. Or if it's like a storytelling, we should know uh, the the story and the morals and you know just know what you're talking about. That's all from me, Sahda. Do you have any more tips? For, probably extra tips to add. Um, I think I totally agree with your tip, Jack. Like we have to being prepared uh, as possible yes, for a presentation exactly. or a performance will help build confidence to us. Like I think one of uh one of my way before I do my presentation is say my speech or do out my performance in front of a mirror yes, or my I pad. Totally agree. Yes, it really yeah, helps. Yeah, or in front of a loved one. Yes, because uh, the more prepared you are, the easier it will be continue on I stage. I definitely agree. So practice first, guys. So practice. Know what you're talking about. Be prepared. Be 100% prepared. Or even 101, right? Yes, that's right. Yep, exactly. And don't forget to always pray before your performance and be to stay hydrated because, you know, drink. Your, the water is very important to clear your voice. It's going to help very much with your vocals yes that's right okay everyone thank you so much for listening to today's bcast episode uh, stay tuned for another wonderful episode thank you bye thank you guys stay tuned for our next episode bye have a great day